Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 190. Our guest today is Lauren Horahan. She's a photographer as her side hustle, but she also told us during a conversation on Instagram, she set a goal for herself that she wanted to photograph a Disney wedding. So of course, that spoke to us completely meshing your different passions and your different interests and trying to incorporate Disney in everything that you do speaks to us so loudly. So, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. First things first, if you could introduce yourself and if you have one, maybe tell us one random fact that we may not know about you from social media. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on to speak about this topic. Um, gosh, I would say one thing you don't know about me kind of just from looking online, I probably, I spent a summer in Spain back in college, which now kind of feels like a distant memory, but, um, I used to be fluent in Spanish just about. And so that's kind of a fun fact. So do you think you've lost a lot of it as time has passed? All of it, which is really sad, (laughs) really sad. (laughs) We've talked about that when we move to Florida, it's going to be even more important than here in Tennessee that we probably need to learn Spanish. We both took French in high school for some reason. I don't know why. It was a huge mistake. For some reason (laughs) in high school that was like, oh, yeah, we'll use that all the time. No, never, never have we needed it. I know it is true. So what part of Spain were you in? I was in the south of Spain, Granada, so kind of on the coast and... It was gorgeous, but they, it's definitely true. If you don't use the language, you lose it. And that's, that's a bummer. So we're going to start with your Disney story, just to kind of lay the foundation for everything else that we're going to talk about today. So how did it start? And then how has it kind of evolved over time? Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, grew up, we would kind of go to Disney every so often as kids. And, um, my passion for it really didn't reignite until I went on a trip kind of on my own with a friend of mine in college. It was the first time we really got out, you know, on our own to go on a vacation. And when I met my now husband, when we were dating, we went together and it just really took off from there. Our love for it. Um, on our very first trip, we arrived, we stayed at Coronado Springs and he hadn't been to Disney world since he was a young child. So really had no awareness or understanding of the property or anything about what it would be like, but we pulled up and he got out and we walked in, you know, to the the property and he just stopped and his jaw dropped. He just looked around and he was just speechless and he was hooked. And so then it just grew for both of us from there. And I think it really, um, you know, became our thing on that trip when we were in the pool and they, you know, they have the water slide. And I asked the lifeguard if the adults could use the water slide. And he said, there are no adults in Disney world. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of a cool concept. It's like, you can just be a kid here and it's an escape from reality. That reminds me one time we we were staying at Old Key West and we got there before our room opened. So we <laughs> went to the pool and we were like standing in line with with all the kids. <laughs> all the children yeah. for the slide. I know. I felt like, are we not supposed to use this? And he was like, What do you there are no adults in Disney? And I just like ran off to the to the water slide and it was so much fun and made you feel like, you know, this is escape from 
real life, which I think is something that we all crave sometimes. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad that that first trip worked out because I feel like sometimes you hear those first trips where after a prolonged uh, not being able to go like your husband, sometimes it's overwhelming. So I'm glad that it clicked for him and it became you guys' thing. Um, and we talked about it off air. So you do have a, a photography business, um, but that's your side hustle to your normal day job in corporate America. But let's talk about how did you get into photography? How did you decide to launch that side hustle? Yeah. So like you mentioned, corporate America, um, you know, it's, it's actually where my husband and I met and it's, it's been good to us over the years, but it definitely for me as a creative person and a person that likes to explore and try new things, it, it, you know, can sometimes, um, you know, stifle that creativity. So I had, loved photography since I was a child. I got a camera when I was young, which of course at that time it was, you know, the film rolls and you take it to CVS and get it, you know, developed. And, um, I took pictures all the time. And then in 2016, I think it was, we were going on a trip to Hawaii and I purchased a nice, you know, fancier camera and I used it on the vacation and really didn't put it down when I came home and people started reaching out about, you know, having me photograph their families and their children. And, um, it, it just really took off and morphed from there. Um, and I was able to set some goals for myself about getting into weddings specifically because I just, I love weddings. I enjoyed planning my own wedding. I, you know, think they're fun and interesting and all that goes into them. Um, and it really is a rush to get to it's the feeling is sort of a rush when you get to capture someone's one of their most important moments like that. So I got into weddings and learned just by being out there and, um, you know, trying it on my own. And, uh, then I, I thought, well, you know, I, I kind of had some involvement with some different communities on Facebook and different social media outlets for Disney weddings. And I've always loved Disney weddings. I listened to some podcasts related to it. I, like I mentioned, are in different forums and just, I love the photos, just the whole concept of merging a wedding with Disney World for me are like my two top passions um, in a way. So as soon as I started getting more exposed to that world of Disney weddings and there's a whole, you know, um, side portion of Disney world that's for weddings, you know, Disney fairy tale weddings is their whole, uh, section dedicated to, to events and, and weddings. So once I had exposure to that world, I thought I, it would be amazing to be able to, photograph one myself and get involved in that community and have a chance to do that. So, um, that was kind of became the dream for me, which was a little bit of a stretch initially because I'm based in Massachusetts and, you know, for me to make that happen was a little bit more, um, of a challenge I would say. But once I started putting myself out there on those forums and really just letting people know that, I was hoping to expand my portfolio and really wanted to mesh that experience um, with my passion. I was able to connect with some people who who were interested in that and um, were kind of maybe people who were lower budget, kind of looking for someone who was looking to get their feet wet um, was a really good place to start. And it really kind of just went from there. 
I think a lot of people can connect to that story because most people in this space who kind of jump into it, it is like their side hustle because we're lacking that creative outlet. You know, that's how we even got started with Detour. And when you find something that you can kind of mix those passions like you did, I think that's really I don't know, that's really special because oftentimes it takes a very long time to kind of find all of that. So when we think about your goal of capturing that Disney wedding, how long ago did you set that goal? Was it very, very early on in your photography journey or was it kind of a little ways into it? It was pretty, I would say it was pretty early on. As soon as I realized that photography in general was taking me to places or meeting people that I wouldn't have normally, it just almost felt like the sky was the limit. If I, if I put my mind to it and if I put my focus on it, um, just getting the chance, like I said, to photograph all different types of things. And I photograph newborns pretty frequently, which I've really developed um, a strong interest in. And it's nice when you run your own side gig, your own hobby, you can make it what you want it. So for me, you know, I was doing a lot of the more textbook weddings around here in New England. And when I started becoming a little less inspired by those, that's really when I started to set my sights on on pursuing different locations, specifically Disney. Um, and it was, yeah, it was about, I would say about two years into me doing photography. I'm interested to know when someone signs up and they go through that whole process of being a Disney bride or a Disney groom, you know, they have so many consultants and people that work with them to hold their hand through that process. Does Disney have uh, like, do they offer a photography service? Do they have a list of preferred vendors? Like, is, is that a hard area to break into to, to get one of those booked? Yeah, they do. And so the Disney fairy tale weddings, it's, it's a pretty big, um, you know, uh, section of Disney. These events are becoming so much more popular, whether it's, you know, small elopements or larger events, um, you know, rehearsals, engagements, things like that. Um, but they do. So Disney has Disney fine art photography, which photograph, you know, they're able to photograph freely in the parks and these different venues, uh, that are, you know, more exclusive. Um, and similarly to the cruise line as well, which is what I'll speak about more on, but they also have photographers, you know, on the ships. So it is a little bit harder. Um, I think the events that are in the theme parks are really going to be, um, accessed by the, the Disney fine art photography or those preferred vendors. So it's a little bit trickier for sure. Um, but they do have, the ability to allow others to photograph on the resort properties and they do weddings on those properties. Um, and it is changing frequently and they've, they've recently made some pretty big changes to their photographer, their wedding packages. Um, but yeah, so, so you do have to kind of know what's allowed and, um, they are a little bit stringent on, especially the theme parks. Well, kudos to you for breaking into that because, you know, a lot of people would give up at that step, but you set the goal and you accomplished it. So tell us about the Disney wedding photography that you've been able to accomplish. 
Yeah. So I, I had been involved, like I said, in some of those online forums in a really sweet couple from the Midwest, which is kind of cool too, because me being in New England, they were in the Midwest and they were having a Disney cruise wedding. So kind of all three different locations. Um, they reached out to me after seeing a post I made about hoping to expand my portfolio. Um, and they were planning a Disney cruise wedding, which initially had never been something that I considered really. Um, I was kind of just picturing the parks and, you know, the resorts or something on Disney world property. But when the opportunity for the cruise wedding came up, it was sort of like, almost like an epiphany of I can achieve this goal in a non-traditional way. So, you know, it may not necessarily be on the Walt Disney world property, but it's still a Disney wedding and it's, you know, through something a little more unique, like the cruise line. So, um, and again, with those restrictions on property, it made things a little bit easier. So for Disney cruise line, they do have photographers on the cruise ship through shutters is the company that does the photography and they tend to have pretty mixed feedback and, and mixed reviews. You, you never really know which photographer you're going to be assigned and there are some inconsistencies. So a lot of brides actually opt to bring a photographer on board the ship. And so pretty frequently photographers will, especially ones who are very seasoned or who do this frequently, they'll charge you know, their photography fee on top of having the couple cover their cruise fare and their travel. So it can be pretty expensive for couples to bring their own photographer, but it does tend to be the preferred option for people. Um, so in, in my situation, I was able to work with the couple and basically I was so eager to get this experience and just the fact that I could allow my side business to take me on a vacation period was a really exciting idea. Um, I was able to trade the cost of the cruise and travel for my photography services. And what was cool about that was I also was able to take my husband and my toddler along with me. Um, so, you know, the cruises you book by stateroom. So if you, you know, have a stateroom that's paid for, you're able to travel with the amount of folks that can fit in that stateroom. So, um, the couple that was getting married, they were very open and excited for me to be able to bring my husband and son to experience this, you know, first Disney cruise of ours, which I think was the other cool concept is it was brand new to my husband and I, um, and we probably wouldn't have taken the chance to book a cruise on our own through Disney. We would have just kept going to the park. So to be able to branch out in this way was exciting. Um, so we, we were able to come up with an agreement and, um, you know, filled out a contract and I traveled down with my family and we planned a Disney world trip around it. Um, and I didn't meet them until we were on the ship, you know, which was kind of cool. We'd been planning it for about a year or so. Um, and I was there for their ceremony, uh, which was on Castaway Key and took photos for them afterwards at their cake reception and formal photos around the ship. And then the rest of the vacation, I was with my family. So it was really exciting. It was such a thrill. And through that process, we realized we love Disney cruising. So it was a, a bonus, I guess. I was going to say, I, I'm sure your husband was very supportive along the way, <laughs> but that had to be like, Hey, you follow this as, as far as you want to, if I get to continue going on Disney cruises. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I kind of, 
was like, Hey, I got this message. Like, I've never thought of this. Like, what are your thoughts? And it was like, and it was amazing because we had already had a Disney world trip planned for that exact week after their wedding. So it was almost like fate. It was like, we could go on this cruise and just go right into our Disney world trip that had already been planned. Um, and it was wonderful to meet the couple. They were phenomenal. Um, they were so sweet and so excited for us to enjoy the cruise. Um, and so it was funny, even being on the Island, doing the photos, I was, you know, escorted by the Disney cast members who coordinate the weddings. So the wedding coordinators, and they were taking me around on the golf cart and I was able to go to, you know, special locations with the couple. Um, you know, I really was treated like a, a vendor, um, and I was able to even see my husband and son enjoying the beach as I went by on the golf cart and my husband had a snow cone on his hand in his hand and he was like, cheers, basically. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is a great thing. I mean, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work to me, especially in that exit, you know, in that instance. So what ship were you on? So we were on the Disney dream and we did a three night cruise, which is a really good intro, um, to cruising through Disney. Uh, and we had a veranda stateroom, which I, I think made the experience even more thrilling to be able to see the ocean right from our room and sit out and enjoy the air. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was really neat. What a perfect setup. I keep thinking to myself, though. So since you've never been on a Disney cruise before, did they kind of give you like a shot list or did they have ideas for what they wanted? Or did you have to do research ahead of time to kind of scope out what this like what the scenes were going to look like? Yeah. So that was the most stressful part for me, being very much a prepper and organized and a planner not being able to scope out a venue or have firsthand experience, even without the photography, you know, with a venue was, was hard for me. Um, so I did use some resources, just looking online, different blogs of cruise weddings. I'm also a big fan of the Disney wedding podcast, which reviews all types of Disney weddings, but she does have cruise weddings on there frequently. Um, so I listened to those and the couple, they were very laid back, which also helped the process. So when we first boarded the ship, I kind of had ahead of time written down where their room was, where the different spots like the spa, where she would get her hair and makeup done, all the spots I would want to photograph. Um, I actually walked through myself that first day on the ship because navigating the ship as a first timer is extremely confusing. And that was a little bit stressful at first. So I kind of did a walkthrough, um, just to, be able to, to trace my steps the day of the wedding. Um, and you know, you don't have your cell phone, you don't have cell phone service. It's very, it's, it's, it's a unique experience and getting, getting, I guess, exposure to the ship, uh, beforehand is unique as well, but that, that helped for sure. Yeah. I was going to say a three day cruise that, I mean, that's not much time to explore it and like if you'd had a seven day and maybe you're going to Castaway Key <laughs> on day five, that'd be a much different planning process than, you know, your boarding was Castaway Key day two, I assume. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was part of it as well. And even just being unsure how I would react on a cruise, would I be seasick? Would I be, you know, I had a one and a half year old with me. Um, tensions were very high for me initially, just the unknowns, but I have a very supportive husband who knows like 
do what you need to do and I'll handle our son. And, you know, of course, again, it was a once in a lifetime experience for him too. Um, so I think he wanted to just make sure I was good to go so that this would maybe be an opportunity down the road again. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, speaking of other opportunities, we were talking beforehand and you mentioned that you also got the chance to shoot an engagement session at the Grand Floridian. So not a wedding, but the next best thing, I think. So what, what was that experience like? Yeah. So that was even before the Disney cruise, a little bit before that, um, probably the year prior, I, just having exposure to some of these forums, we had a trip planned and this was before my son was born. So we had a little bit more time flexibility on a trip. I connected with a couple who was looking for engagement uh, photos. They were actually having their wedding at Disneyland and they were going to be in Disney world the same week I was. So we arranged their engagement session at the grand Floridian, which happens to be one of my favorite locations. And just in the middle of that, I just stopped and kind of thought, I can't believe that even this is happening, something kind of simple and low key, like an engagement shot, but or engagement uh, session, but to be able to, again, combine those passions of mine, I never expected that to be an option, especially, like I said, living up in New England. Um, and it, it just makes it feel like the options are endless something like photography that you don't think would ever really be connected to Disney and it never was meant to be the fact that it could morph in that direction is really exciting. It's so interesting to me. Like you, you always hear about starting a side hustle, like take the skills that you have, see what you can offer. And I think a lot of times people sell themselves short on what they can do or what their skills are. Like I, I am still very amateur in photography. I don't shoot nearly often enough to really enhance those skills. I say golf and photography are both <laughs> two things that I'm really going to have to put in the time and effort to do it. But like some pictures I take, people say that was very well taken. And I'm like, I, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but you know, I think there's so much to be said for taking a passion or something that you have interest in and really doubling down on it and seeing how far you can take it. And if it's a side hustle, there's not as much pressure on it. You can just see what happens, set goals for yourself. And, and like you did, you were able to accomplish that with uh, both the engagement session and the wedding. And I'm sure there'll be many more events to come. Yeah. And I, I think even having confidence in yourself against the unknown. So something like a wedding, even something close to home, there's so much that I can't control in those events. I, I don't, you know, necessarily control, um, how the family members may be, how the lighting may be, um, how the weather will be. And it's the same for something like a Disney wedding where it felt like the stakes were even higher, but having confidence in being able to think quickly and, um, just have yourself prepared for the what ifs, um, you know, kind of lessened that, uh, anxiety piece, I think. Yeah. And I think something that you mentioned earlier too, and it kind of goes with, you know, that having the confidence in yourself, but you know, you set that goal of capturing a Disney wedding and you didn't just kind of wait for it to happen. I think it's really inspiring that you put yourself out there in these different forums and you put yourself out there to these different people who could potentially be clients, because I think that's something that's very scary. Just taking that first step and putting yourself out there. Um, even just finding 
like a normal teaching job that I was doing a couple of weeks ago, just trying to put myself out there was super scary. So I think that's something that's really important to remember too, is even when you're scared or even if it's something very unknown or it's a big goal that it is important to kind of take those steps and just roll with it and have that confidence that it's going to work out. Yeah. And kind of going off that too, there, there's a market for every service basically. So even when you think about photography, there's clients who, who are, you know, very laid back, low key, low budget. And then there's clients in a market for individuals who have endless budgets, who have very high expectations, who want a certain look and then everything in between. So with any creative venture and again, specifically with photography, there's a client out there for almost everyone. And so for me being brand, you know, newer, even to photographing weddings in general, but having no experience photographing on property, there were people who were willing to take a chance on that. And, um, so it's just a good reminder that just because there's someone doing something or someone else you follow doing something, um, you know, they have their clients, they have their market, but you can have yours too. Yeah. And, and just to continue that thought as well, I think it's, it's very, it was a great conversation of a Kickstarter of you putting out there and saying, just being upfront, I'm looking to expand my portfolio. Like that is what I'm trying to accomplish out of here. Cause I think a lot of people will never get to that step because they're going to want the portfolio finished without having the first event under their belt. If that makes sense. I mean, yeah. we do that so often of, Hey, this is a, you know, a guest that we'd like to talk to. Let's make every excuse on why we can't talk to this guest, you know, someone mm-hmm. big that, that we put on a pedestal for, for whatever reason it might be. And you tell yourself those fallacies that you can't get over the hump. So I think your story is awesome. I think so many people can learn something from it with their side hustle, uh, pushing the limits, setting goals, but also, you know, pursuing those passions and figuring out how you can flex that creative side and figuring out how you can incorporate Disney into what you're doing, I think is such a healthy conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. And you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to come across. And especially if you start something and, you know, like for me, I never planned to make this side gig of mine, anything tied to Disney, but Disney is really a true passion of mine. So as time went on, realizing where there was an opportunity for that, you know, you just never know what can come. Well, Lauren, this has been such a great first segment. We have truly enjoyed learning more about your experience in the photography. So we'll take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back to play the fast, fast round. This episode is brought to you by Tailwind. Tailwind is a really cool tool that helps you with scheduling your Instagram and your Pinterest post. We use it pretty much all for Instagram and we sit down on Sunday nights and we schedule out what post we want to do throughout the week. It takes a lot of the stress and the pressure off of thinking about throughout the week where then we can focus on engaging or recording new episodes where time is so valuable. We also love to use Tailwind's 
hashtag finder. So they make sure that our post is going to be seen by as many people as possible using the explore pages and hashtags, of course. If you think that's something that would help you and your project to step up your social media game, you can head to detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind, where they're going to prompt you to sign up for a completely free trial. You don't even have to put in a credit card. Just test it out for a while. See if it's something that will help you. So again, that's detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind. Or of course, the link will be in our show notes as well. So now back to the show. Okay, so we're back. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So it's going to be real easy. Just name the first thing that comes to your mind. And the first question is just name the Disney parks that you visited. So I've been to all of Walt Disney World, including the both water parks uh, and Disneyland. So of those, I guess, eight individual parks, if we want to include the water parks, which one is your favorite and why? I always go back to Epcot for that, you know, favorite question. I I just, I love the festivals they have. I'm really into like that kind of science futuristic type thing. Um, and just the leisure side of Epcot, I feel like there's so much strolling you can do and nooks and crannies and world showcase. Um, and my husband and I have always taken really long vacations down in Disney. So Epcot just felt like a good place to slow down. So a couple follow-up questions. A, what is your favorite festival at Epcot? For sure, flower and garden. Okay. And so do you have been to the water parks? I don't, I don't even remember the last time I've been to Blizzard Beach. Do you prefer Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach? I feel like I have to go with Typhoon Lagoon. I like the theming better. Being up here in New England, any kind of reminder of like snow or <clears throat> winter weather is just not something I'm interested in. So <laughs> even though it's even though it's a water park, it's just got that theme. Yeah. I feel like everybody picks Typhoon. Yeah, something about it. The better water park, I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. So next would be, what is your Disney bucket list trip? That's hard because I feel like I'm very simplistic with Disney World. I, I, I initially I thought, well, you know, when you just asked that, would I go towards, you know, Disneyland Paris or Aulani? But I really love just being down in Florida. Um, so I would love to do a club level stay at the Grand Floridian main building. Um, we've stayed at Grand Floridian and only one time, but it was amazing. So I would love to be able to do club level, uh, and maybe spend some time at the census spot and then do, you know, some like specialty tours and dining and all those off the beaten path things. I could get behind that. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a good, like you said, kind of like a simple dream vacation. Something that's very realistic. Yeah. I can appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So the next question would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Well, we have a goal of staying at every Disney resort. I think we're only about halfway there. Um, But for Deluxe, I... There's something about the beach club and Crescent Lake and that whole area, being able to stroll into Epcot, you know, having the lake there at night, having the boardwalk uh, accessible and being able to walk to a couple parks. I feel like for Deluxe, I'd have to say beach club, but I do have to give a shout out to my original love, Coronado Springs, even though... um, you know, it's gone through some transformations. That's where we used to stay, my husband and I, for our first few trips. 
and that ignited our Disney passion. So I, I have a place for that in my heart for sure. Have you been able to stay in the Grand Destino Tower? So we were supposed to be going this summer, but unfortunately with the COVID-19 pandemic, our trip has been canceled, but we were booked in the tower. So we will be chasing that dream again when we're able. Well, if you've not been to Toledo, it's quickly become one of our favorite restaurants. So highly recommend it if you have not been yet. Yes, we even had a reservation there. So we will <laughs> we will have to for sure recreate that trip. Yes. I'm going to throw in a extra question because it's something you kind of already talked about with the Grand Floridian bucket list trip. I was having a conversation recently. We were debating what is the best staycation Disney resort. And Ooh, cool. I think Beach Club's a good option. I always also came up with Wilderness Lodge. Do any of those speak to you or, or another one? I I feel like Wilderness Lodge, yes, is a good one. And even Animal Kingdom Lodge, just because it is a little bit further away, um, it's kind of a slower pace. The cast members that work there, you know, the, their cultural representatives are very knowledgeable. They love to speak with you. So we stayed there on our honeymoon and um, the food is excellent. We've got the animals. So I almost feel like Animal Kingdom would be a nice option. It's definitely secluded. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're not going to feel... <laughs> well, it's kind of like Wilderness Lodge. A little bit. Wilderness, you can sort of see the castle. But, yeah. But I think that's a good choice. Yeah. So this next one. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? So I feel like no one else will ever give this answer, but I would have to say Dinosaur. <laughs> which is in Animal Kingdom Park. It is my favorite ride on property. I can't even necessarily tell you why, uh, but I, I love it and I adore it. And because I love it so much, I would never want to wait in line for it if possible. So I'm going to say dinosaur. I definitely don't think we've had that one. <laughs> <laughs> you probably never will either. <laughs> Do you have like a connection to the movie or, or is it just something about that ride? I don't. It's just the ride. I love, I feel like it just fully transports you. You know, you're in those vehicles, you're, you're in the jungles, you know, all that scenery. Um, it's exciting. It's not too, you know, like I'm a huge fan of like space mountain and all that, but I feel like as I kind of get older, you get off that ride and you're like, I don't know how much more I can do. rides like this. So something like dinosaur, I feel like it's exciting and thrilling, but different in I don't know. I just think it's, it's very immersive. Can't argue with that. Yeah. So next would be which rider attraction do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment? The first thing that comes to mind is Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin for refurbishment. I feel like every time I go on that ride, I'm so excited. And then I get on it and I'm like, why am I so excited about this ride? It just feels very run down and we get stuck on it all the time. It just feels like it doesn't work. And it's a really cool space. I feel like they could definitely reef and maybe part of it is just comparing it, you know, like to Toy Story Mania, that type of thing. Um, but I just feel like it's become so outdated. That one speaks to us for sure. I think we have the same conversation every time we ride because we're never very good at it and we always blame it on <laughs> the technology yeah. and everything else. So maybe that's just our own little flaw. But other people get Galactic Hero every single time. I so I think it's just a personal <laughs> issue. It might be. 
Yeah. And I think I have a grudge against it because we had, we were at the Halloween party and we got stuck on it for like 40 minutes and you don't want to waste 40 minutes of the Halloween party stuck in Buzz Lightyear when it's not running. So I think that's part of my reasoning too. So next one would be what land or area brings you the most inspiration? So I'm a huge fan of the resorts all of the Disney resorts. We are big resort people. Um, I love places even like Port Orleans where it's very themed. It's, I just love the little details. So I feel like the resorts for me are a big draw. Um, but I would also, again, go back to world showcase, just the nooks and crannies, the hidden spots, the culture, the music, the lighting, all of it is themed. Um, so I find that pretty inspiring too. We did realize recently that there are so many places around World Showcase that we've never experienced or even seen. And we've been very ashamed of ourselves because there's just so much that we haven't done. We just get stuck in a routine and we just do the same thing every time we walk around. We get the same food and the same drinks. Yep, it's so true. But that's definitely an area you can kind of venture out when you're there, you know? Yeah. Speaking of food... The next one is, what is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Our original favorite snack every trip was the jalapeno cheddar pretzel, the stuffed pretzel. And you could find it usually in Animal Kingdom and like in Hollywood Studios, a few places. I think they got rid of it for a while and then people kind of boycotted that and they sort of brought it back, I think. Um, So that was just a classic thing we always went for. I don't think we ever had that. No, I don't think we have. We usually just, if we get a pretzel, we usually just get a normal pretzel with the cheese dip. Yeah, this one is like awesome, but it is a lot harder to find. I think it's only at like one or two locations on property, but it's really good if you come across it. We'll have to keep our eyes out. Oh, yeah. Sticking with food, what is your favorite table service and quick service restaurants? So we, gosh, we love Ohana, which is little bit cliche, but we do love it. It's the one restaurant we've gone to every trip. It was my son's, one of his first restaurants we took him to. And it just feels very transporting and themed. And I don't know, we've always had good experiences with the food. Um, but then my runner up is sci-fi dining, which not really for the food, but just again, the theming. When I'm down in Disney, I like to go places that I can't go back home. So for me, that being such a unique setting and atmosphere and, you know, if you're in the mood for burgers and that type of thing, it's good. What about quick service? I would probably have to say Tangerine Cafe in the Morocco Pavilion in Epcot. That's on our list. We've never been there. We've not. But it's high on our list. It's very good. The only thing that kind of takes some points away from that is there's no indoor seating, you know, at that particular restaurant. So it is kind of sometimes hard to to want to eat there in the summer or hotter months, but the food is very good. Mm, good choices. Yeah. So the next couple of questions are all about Disney favorites. The first one is what is your favorite Disney movie? My favorite original Disney movie is just the classic Alice in Wonderland. Yes. <laughs> Finally. 
I feel like that's the first Alice in Wonderland response we've ever received. It might be. But yeah, I've loved it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've loved it since I was a kid. I love the metaphors. I love the quotes. I love the scenery. I just think it's classic. So how do you feel about the Tim Burton remake? I will not watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel I like it, but I can understand. I mean, it's a very different adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I I can't even get behind this at all. I just I got to stick with my classic. (laughs) So next would be what is your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies? You know, one of the quotes I really like, I I don't know if he sings it in the song or in the movie, but in Peter Pan, one of the lines he says is, think of the happiest things. It's the same as having wings, which I've always really liked because I'm, I'm also big into like mindfulness and meditation. And I feel like that's almost like a, a Disney spin on that of just, you know, thinking, thinking happy thoughts. Mm, I like that. Yes. We're also big Peter Pan fans. So that speaks to us. Oh, speak for you. You can't can't say that. You don't like Peter Pan. I do. Nearly as much. Well, no one quite (laughs) compares to you, but it's up there. Okay. It's a classic. Yeah. The final question is, it's either a really hard one or a really easy one to answer, but it's what is your favorite Disney parks memory? Well, we did get engaged in Magic Kingdom. So I think I probably would say that it was on our second trip and we had just eaten at Ohana. And I thought my husband was going to propose at Ohana for some reason. And he didn't. And we got on the monorail, came over to the park. I was totally caught off guard. And he got down on one knee in front of a photo pass photographer. So it was captured my whole reaction. And we spent the rest of the night riding Space Mountain and running through Disney World engaged. We just felt amazing. And it was a huge highlight. Oh, I love that. That speaks to us. We got engaged in Magic Kingdom, too. Ooh, was it on Main Street? It was. Yeah, just like right there in front of the castle. Oh, awesome. We found a photo pass person, too. They're so a, little, that. a little off center, but that's what <laughs> makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those life events. We we also did our gender reveal, actually, for our son down in Disney World, which was kind of unique. Ooh, how'd you do that? Well, we we had a trip that, you know, planned kind of a baby moon type thing. And we went down and we had made a little Facebook group with close family and friends. And we went into the confectionery and we bought a pink and a blue cotton candy. And we had found out what the baby was. And um, we kind of like showed a picture of both to kind of throw everyone off. And we went to one of those little alcoves on the side of Main Street there. And we set up on a table and we had the blue cotton candy because we, you know, we had a son and we had gotten Mickey ears with his initials embroidered um, and had those on the table. So we did like a little live stream and we panned over to the blue cotton candy and the blue Mickey ears. And that's also how we revealed his initials. Oh, it is so sweet. That's cool. I'm already trying to pre-plan for like years in advance when we have kids. (laughs) I like the ones where they they get the character to help. It's like, yeah, either a Mickey or a Minnie or something. (laughs) But I know 
I felt like it was a little over the top, but I'm like anything for an excuse to go down to Disney. So, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> the best excuse. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for answering those questions to let us know a little bit more about your Disney fandom. Our very last question for you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community or make a contribution to the community um, as a content creator or create their own products, whatever it might be, what would your advice be to that person? Well, I would just say to think outside the box, you know, photography isn't connected to Disney in any way, especially living up North, but being able to leverage something that is unrelated to something like Disney, um, you know, is possible. And so it doesn't necessarily be need to be something that you've seen done or something you, you know, assume you need to do to, to connect the passions. Um, you know, you can leverage all different types of, of hobbies. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Making sure that, you know, you are you find something that you're interested in, something that you love, like photography, but also recognizing that there is a way to kind of mix those passions. I mean, you've done that so perfectly. And I think anyone who's listening, hopefully they'll find the inspiration to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. So very last thing, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect you with you online. Yeah. So I, uh, I have my photography, um, Instagram and Facebook accounts, which is just Lauren Horahan photography. Um, I love chatting with people who have all different types of ideas on, you know, photography, um, opportunities, events, anything like that. I'm always open to, to trying new things. So feel free to reach out. Perfect. So of course we'll put the links to both of those down in our show notes below. So Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. We had so much fun learning more about your photography side hustle and how you incorporated incorporated that with Disney. So yeah, thank you again. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.